Hello and welcome to the Green Pole Podcast. Today we are delighted to be joined by the current Fulham FC announcer, Ivan Berry. How are you doing? Hey guys, I'm all right. I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I'm excited to be on the podcast. Absolutely. It's it's great to have you on. Um, and also joining me to chat with Ivan tonight is our podcast regular, Tom. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm uh, really excited to talk to Ivan. Um pick his brains about certain things but uh yeah let's get into it yeah absolutely so let's kick things off really so Ivan where did your where did you kind of like your love for Fulham start all those years ago well it's 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 a proper family club for me so my um it goes far as far back as my great-granddad actually although I I didn't know him at all but um my great-granddad was a supporter and my granddad uh, used to live off of um, Kenyon Street, which is, you know, the Alphabet Street lined up, you know, by the stadium. And mm. so he was on Kenyon. And that's where my dad was the first couple of years of his life was on Kenyon Street. Then they moved to Fulham Palace Road. And yeah, they always, used, I mean, at that time, apparently, um, it was such a big part of the community, Craven Cottage, so much so that my granddad had his sports day on the Craven Cottage pitch. That's like, that's what they used to do back then. And so it was such a big kind of um, part of the community then. It wasn't the Fulham, like back then, like my granddad was born in the twenties, I think he lived to 99, God love him. But he, um, yeah, I think it was the 1920s and it it wasn't the kind of to-do place that it is now. I mean, I know for a fact that if they'd held onto their house on Fulham Palace Road, um, you know, I'd, I'd hopefully be seeing a bit of that 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 nice money that that sort of bunts being handed down. But they moved um, to Hounslow, of all places, uh, and bought a place probably like you know one sixteenth of the value, and uh, and then Fulham did what it did. But it, the main thing about that is that it was very much in the family. Uh, Dad took me to my first game. I was about twelve, thirteen. I started to show a real interest in football Hmm. um because mainly because the kids at school and all I really knew at that time was Man United sort of on the telly always you know and you know them dominating the entire time and and and, uh, yeah dad took me to a Fulham game I think it was it was a division three one I remember that it was uh, Mickey Adams as manager and we lost but I remember like at the time thinking this is the coolest thing I've ever seen like just watching a football guy you know the atmosphere people yelling people shouting it was back at the time when uh the uh the, the now Johnny Haynes stand was um you you choose which end you'd stand at so whichever end Fulham was shooting you'd move ends so you'd stand one end then second half they'd be shooting the other end so you'd all move down so you're just basically following the crowd it was great and um yeah off the back of that it was a you know love at first sight and I started going regularly with my dad and granddad um, I was really lucky because, you know, the next sort of five, six years of me watching Fulham was just success after success and, you know, money being pumped in, our fired, obviously, and and uh, promotion after promotion. And and so all I knew was, you know, winning, really. So it was a really good time to start watching Fulham. Mm. And um, yeah, and it was just, it, like I just said, I just absolutely idolised the club, got my first season ticket probably when I could afford it realistically, probably about sort of 15 years ago or so in the Premier League. Um, And my granddad passed away in the February of our European run. So, um, and I remember at that time, you know, just sort of obviously just heartbroken he passed away. And and then at the same time, Fulham were doing this kind of unthinkable thing where every time they, they, they played a game, you know, against this, these giants in Europe, they kept, 
they kept bloody winning. And I remember there was something that felt really like, I'm not a spiritual guy really, but it felt really emotional. And the fact that my granddad had just died and he'd been at every game. And then suddenly we found ourselves in this, in a final. Yeah. So basically that, I mean, that's the long and short of it. It's, it's a proper family thing. My dad's still there, season ticket holder. Um, my, I try and make my wife go with him. <laughs> a little bit more reluctant. Um, but uh, it is... It's man, it's the best. It's the best club. I know everyone says that about their own clubs. Of course they do, but there's something, you know, we're so lucky to to, to get to play football in that location. You know, that stadium, so much soul. It's always, you know, I know, and, and, and people always scorn at the family club thing, but Christ, it's so lovely to to be at a club where it really is a nice club to support. It's a it's a it's a friendly club. It's a it's it's just, and I'm proud of that, man. Uh, honestly i think it's just the best so yeah that's 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 how i started with with fulham really so proper in the family generations four generations worth absolutely yes it's brilliant tom do you have anything to, to follow on from that no i just think it's a that's a brilliant story obviously like your great granddad being having his sports day on the craven cottage pitch i think we we'd all wish that we could do something similar yeah, um, it's a, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's incredible. Like, obviously, it's in your blood, isn't it? And and now to do to do what you're doing now, it's like every every kid's dream, surely. Other than being on the pitch, playing for the team, it, what oh, you do now, yeah. it must be it must be you must be thinking you're living living your absolute dream, surely. Oh, mate, I, I, and that and more. I'm not even joking. I remember when they offered me the job. I remember when the job came up originally. So I, I was doing a lot of presenting, mainly music TV at the time and interviewing loads of bands for all sorts of different channels and stuff like that. And and I would always, you know, obsessively just I'd be on the Fulham sort of news page. And I remember seeing um, Fulham poster, it was Diddy, it was Diddy doing a video saying, hey, do you think you've got what it takes? Join me on match days and, you know, for, you know, match day live and blah, blah, blah. And they were doing this big thing looking for a presenter to help him out on match days. And I remember messaging uh, the club straight away so and I think they'd said like do a 40 second video of why you think you'd be good and I remember sending my showreel at the time on my agent's showreel that she put together for me which is basically me in, interviewing every single at the time relevant pop band on the planet do you know what I mean and um, I remember sending to them saying this is like literally this is what I do for a living I'm a season ticket holder please you have to give me this job like I, at that point, I didn't care what it paid. I'm like, I I need to do this job. And um, I even said, look, if this is cheating, I will still do the 40 second video. But look, here's my showreel. And uh, it well, it worked. I think they, you know, they got a few people in and to meet with them and they offered me the job along with Vic. Um, and that was amazing. And then I heard rumors sort of that Diddy was thinking about possibly retiring. And I remember thinking, Ah, oh, do you know what? That would be the greatest job in the world. Like, literally, would be the best. That I just, I wouldn't. I don't know. Even now, talking about it, I, I, I get speechless. And I remember someone saying to me at Fulham, "He's never missed a game in in seventeen years. Not once has he missed a game." And then at the end of the season, they said, "Oh, Diddy's booked a holiday <laughs> during this charity game." And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And they said, uh, you know, we wondered if you want to take over on the mic and, and try it. And, and I thought at the time, I'm like, oh, is this a test? Uh, but either way, I was like, yeah, hell yeah, I'd love to do that. And so I did it. And then I think probably about five or six weeks later, we obviously got relegated that season. So it wasn't the greatest season in the world. And five or six weeks later, I was called into to Motspur Park and 
And at that time, I think, you know, it's relegation. So people I kept seeing on Twitter and Facebook, you know, colleagues that I'd worked with that year who were moving on have taken sort of, you know, because when you get relegated, people just move on. They have to, you know, they're cutbacks and stuff. So I didn't know if it was possibly a, you know, look, you know, thanks for all your help. You know, we might use you in the future sort of chat. And so when they said, um, you know, we, we want to, uh, Diddy wants to hang up his microphone, as it were, and he, he's recommended you. We want you. We loved what you did on this charity game. You know, what do you say? And I honestly, I, I remember like goosebumps at the time. I remember thinking, oh man, my granddad's not alive to see this. Like, I remember that being a kind of moment where I was like, you know, when you're so desperate to have told someone, you know, mm. someone that, you know, such a big part of my Fulham life. And um, yeah. And then to this day, you know, I, I got to do it. I, I think the first few seasons I was a little shaky and a little bumpy because I was, I think when you care about something so much, you want it to go, you really want it to go well. Like, you know, I always find sometimes if you don't care so much, things naturally, I don't know. I, that makes sense. But like, you know, I, I'd interview, I'd go to festivals, I'd interview the biggest bands on the planet and I didn't care that much. And it always went really well. And they kept, you know, and it, I kept getting more work. I, it's just one of those things where I was like, well, I don't, you know, I'm not a massive fan of Kasabian. So I, uh, Kasabian, I don't really, I don't really, really care. And, uh, say that again. Kasabian, that's really impressive. Uh, honestly. Well, yeah, but really nice guys. And, and, but because I wasn't a massive fan, but they were headliners of V the year I was hosting V. Um, they were like, oh, you've got this exclusive interview with them. And I was like, cool, yeah, whatever. And I'd go in and and it would always go really well. And I think with Fulham, I cared so much, like so much. And I remember, I don't think the nerves wore off for about six months in that job. And even like to this, like even to this day, I still get, especially at the start of every season, I get nervous. I'm like, you know, you've not spoken on the mic for a while and, and um I don't know. It just it's it's such a incredible thing to get to do that I just you know they'll have to fire me. Like there's no way I'm quitting it. I, I just they'll have to get rid of me at some point. And it's 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 me. Is I yeah. I mean, I so many moments still to this day. I'll be walking up to the cottage, you know, for for a, not even a big game, just any game. And I I just want I need to pinch myself. I'm like shit you know i get to do this this is amazing like honestly uh, and I, I, I you know i know i know i know um fans especially you know they obviously want someone that cares for the club doing a role like this or you know so, and so many times especially early on people were like do you even support fulham are you actually a fulham supporter and i'd say over and over again to everyone i met no mate 100 100 because i think they saw me as uh, you know i used to get get called like a like a disney presenter or whatever kids tv presenter that's just got in at fulham you know i think especially you know the club wasn't doing great we were at the bottom especially with felix mcgat it was a big hill for me to climb and uh you know i got a lot of people just sort of accusing me of not really being a fulham fan when i just wanted to go no 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 literally this means everything to me like absolutely everything um and uh yeah and now like i said you know even to this day like last season, especially, it was one of those seasons where I was just it, it. Like every game, I had to pinch myself. I'm like, I can't believe I get to do this. Oh, it was just incredible. So I could literally talk, mate. I, I'm aware 
that we're doing a pod you probably got a time limit on this but genuinely i could probably talk about the fact i do this job for hours so i'll, I'll probably i'll stop there with that one with that question <laughs> i'll just i'll just keep waffling no, it's, it's brilliant like I, th- I think everyone at the club definitely loves you you're you're such an iconic member of the match day oh uh, cheers man i, I mean I'm that wondering. does mean so much Certainly, every time I've been to the cottage, you've always. It's certainly a, it's such a pinch me moment for me now. Really talking to you, oh, bless you. Every, every time on the match day. But um, just on a quick side note, I'm interested to know what other sort of big music bands did you get to interview in, in previously? Um, so literally, I mean, there was a lot of pop in there. I'm not going to lie. So, um, so oh god, so Ed Sheeran, I did early on. I did. Um, Jesse J, The Saturdays. Um, wow. Bear in mind, this was my my peak for music TV. It was probably about sort of ten to, well, maybe five to ten years ago. So, mm. take that. Um, oh God, like uh, this. There's genuinely thousands. I mean, for me, I'm an indie boy. I'm a proper indie lover. Oh, lovely. So, like I got to do Reading a few years in a row, and so at Reading, you know, you got like My Chemical Romance and who we did Frank. T- I've interviewed Frank Turner more than anybody in the world, I think. Wow. Um, and oh, man, I tell you, who I did as well. And th- these were quite epic. I did um, Mac Miller, the late Mac Miller. I don't know if you guys are into rap, but that was uh, an incredible interview. And then I also did the same year I did Childish Gambino, Donald Glover. I don't know. Oh, yeah, he's pretty now. And he was we had him exclusively he had just sort of come over and he did, he had done MTV and then he did one other show and it was us. And I thought, I I remember thinking at the time, he hasn't got a clue who I am. Like this is, you know, I just, but he was so open and and was just talking about, I'm not even, it it felt like therapy. He's such a wise soul. He's incredible. And at the end, and it's just (laughs) at the end of this interview, I think it's online still somewhere. You can sort of, someone's uploaded it to YouTube. But at the end of the interview, just when they've they've said cut, he turns to me, he said, I saw your interview with Mac Miller, by the way. It was brilliant. And it cuts there. And I'm like, oh, shit, man. He knew who I was. That's incredible. <laughs> and, um, you know, and now he's become this this epic, um, you know, he's he's now, I mean, you know, massive actor, you know, screenwriter. His music's gone on to a whole new level, you know with that this is america song and it's i mean he's gone kind of catastrophic now but it's but i remember that was a really for me that was a really buzzy moment um but yeah i mean basically anyone that was slightly big 10 years ago i tend i I sort of got interviews with you know n dubs and all that sort of crap (laughs) and it was um you know (laughs) there was some good bands and some bad bands but like i said i'm a proper indie boy at heart so like reading festival for me when i was like Mm. I had like, you know, Ash and the Cribs and and I think you know, Panic at the Disco were there and oh, um, wow. just anything that I could basically get my hands on. Um, and it felt, and I grew up going to Reading Festival, so those were really big moments for me. But um, but yeah, that's, yes, yeah, yeah, quite a few. Um, yeah, Emily Sande, she was quite massive like back then as well. And wow, we that's really, few, impre- it's really surreal. And then- Pretty impressive list, that yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ollie, I tell you, and Ollie Mers is someone that I, to, even to this day, I think I'd still. I mean, I've interviewed him about eight or nine times, and that's always good fun. Uh, but yeah, no, I literally, I, I, I haven't thought. I've not really done music for a while since. Um, I don't know. They, they sort of. You, you have to be a certain age to do music TV, and once you start to get older, they try and move you into other avenues. Or radio, and so I started doing a, a breakfast show on Heart, and so there I interviewed a few celebs as well. Um, 
But um, yeah, it's kind of like you start to try and move towards other avenues. And so I started doing more sport and um, I did some cool sport. God, listen to me. Jesus Christ, guys. I could really go on. I did I did loads of really quickly. When I moved into sport the first time, I started working for Adidas and presenting for Adidas. And for that, I um I was like, I, I interviewed like the, the All Blacks, the England cricket team. I did um Alan Shearer, I did Jose Mourinho, I did so many cool like NBA. I can't remember who's the who's the guy. I don't know if you guys follow NBA, but the guy that wags his finger. I'm not sure. Okay. No, no. Do you know? Okay, I can't remember his name, uh, but he's like this huge NBA guy. And every time they had a big event, they got me into host. And like the Alan Shearer one was amazing because we took over like Newcastle High Street, and so and we did this competition with these 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 fans who basically got to do a penalty shootout competition against Alan Shearer. And then from there, we moved to the Adidas store to do a, like a, like a Q and A that I hosted with him, and that and he was the nicest guy. And I remember at the time. He, we started talking about Fulham, like before, you know, when, when we were waiting for everyone to get in, he said, um, you know, who's your team? And I said, Fulham. And at the time, Rene Mullenstein had just taken over uh, from Martin Yole. And I remember Alan Shearer was saying, I hate that. I, said, I hate, you know, he was brought in as an assistant. And now he said, you know, he said, it. I remember him saying at the time, it's like, doesn't sit with me right, feels wrong, you know, really outspoken about it. And I remember it was just such a casual comment. And there's me going, no, I think it's, you know, it's all honest and, you know, trying to, and Rene Mullenstein, you know, he seems good and we seem to be playing some nice football. But straight away, I remember one of the first things he said to me was like, oh, you guys, no, I think you're screwed. If I'm honest, you're going down. And I was like, oh, I don't know, man. And bear in mind, all I've known is success. So I was like, nah, you know, 13 years in the Premier League, we're going to be fine. And he was totally right, obviously. But um, yeah, that was cool. Anyway, sorry. I'll, I'll, again, I'll stop there because I could keep waffling on. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's really interesting, actually. I'll tell you one, one other job, actually, that I did. I will say this, and I've never told anyone. And I, want, I, I don't think I'll get into trouble, but this is something that I remember doing at the time, thinking, like, I just started at Fulham. Uh, and I think I don't know whether I'd started on the like on the mic or this was when I was doing the Fulham thing with Vic. But um, Adidas said, we need you to present an event with Manchester United. And I was like, yeah, cool. And bear in mind, I'd done so many different big clubs and I, I got there not knowing what the event was genuinely hand on heart. And they said, it's the new Adidas Man United kit launch. So I'm like, OK, so it's basically the Man United kit launch. And they were like, yeah. And the guy at Adidas knew I worked at Fulham. And Man United TV were there and everything. And they said, yeah, basically you're presenting the Man United kit launch, the new kit with, um, and it was like um, Luke Shaw and um, a couple of other players, I can't remember. And they made me wear the, the Man United kit. Oh, and I remember, gosh. I'm not even joking. And I remember when Man United TV turned up, I was like, oh shit, I'm going to lose my job at Fulham. Like this, because bear in mind, everyone didn't think I was a Fulham fan anyway. So if like an image of me circulating in a Man United kit, it was awful. And I, the great thing is they said to me, uh, oh, you can keep the kit. They always used to do that. Like they, they'd always stick me in something like an outfit or a latest trainer and said, oh, that's that's yours. Take that away, whatever. And they said, you can keep the kit. And I was like, uh, I don't want to. <laughs> I was like, I really, I'm gonna, we're not going to put it back on the shelf. So just if you've got a friend you can give it to. I'm not lying. I couldn't give it away. Like even with Man United fans, I couldn't give it away. <laughs> So I end up using it as like a really expensive like cloth, like a cleaning cloth. And oh, I my, that just like I got to wear it like in my head, like psychologically, I was like, okay, that's fine now. Like you know, I, I feel better, I feel cleansed. But yeah, <laughs> that's brilliant. Put them yeah. right where they where they belong. Exactly. 
Um, yeah, you, you've had some, it's been a real buzz around the club at the moment. Um, what, what's been some of your favourite kind of moments being an announcer? Is there any moments which kind of stick out for you? Yeah, I mean, last minute winners are always my favourite thing to do because, like, if, you know, especially if you, you, you're desperate for a for a win, you know, you're holding on or even just, just any game where you get that last minute, that kind of 90th plus minute winner. They're like my favourite moments. And I think of like, I'm probably going to forget some of the teams. Um uh that I did you know because there's been so many I remember there was a Brian Ruiz header and we had him in the championship for like half a season Brian Ruiz and he got this incredible header that was like a 92nd or 93rd minute winner and um that was pretty amazing who we were playing god only knows and I think last season or the season before or maybe a couple of seasons ago there was um a last minute winner against Swansea and it was a Mitrovic header and he just penalty I think Mm. and again Moments like that. Oh, also when we were playing Huddersfield in the relegation battle, and again, we I think that was the match we had all that crap with the penalty taking stuff. Um, with was it Kamara and and um, was it that match? I think so. Yeah, and it was that match. Yeah. Then it was a on ball to Mitrovic in the ninety fourth minute, and again those moments they're just spine tingling, and I I get so excited to announce the goal because, you know, I can feel the stadium waiting. They do that initial cheer and they go ape shit and they're, they're going nuts and you wait for it just to dip that little bit and then you throw the name in and, you know, the place erupts again. And it's just, honestly, it's the best feeling ever. But I would say the best, without a doubt, the best game of my life would have been Luton, like uh, winning the league last season, 7-0. Awesome. Uh, it was unbelievable. And it was just looking looking back now, you know, I had I had them... Um, on on my clipboard and I had it for a number of weeks what to announce if certain records were broken so we had Mitrovic scoring 43 goals because we'd already done the other Mitrovic record breaking moment um the 100th goal of the season was on there uh and I think there might have been one more sort of and I had these the whole time you know who's going to score the 100th goal who's going to do this um and uh and I remember at the time I ticked off everything and it was six nil. And again, what were we 90 second minute against Luton six nil up. And I had this last thing that I thought, okay, well, I guess we're not going to complete the set. It's always going to be that thing. I never got to read out. And then Mitrovic got that winner at the end and broke that second record. And I got to do it. And then, you know, obviously we, we won the league in just the most ridiculous fashion. And then they were like, we want you to go on the pitch and interview all the players live you know as it for you know just and I was like I was following the team around and it was again one of those moments where I'm like shit god if I could see myself like 20 years ago could see me what I was doing now walking around following players I remember at the time um my my wife uh was at home uh in a pajamas on the sofa and uh she, she's a she's like in love with Tim Ream like like properly like <laughs> Just literally would would leave Tim Ream for me in a heartbeat, right? And oh, um, we all oh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he's, all. he's an absolute dish. I think she likes the beard, you know. She likes the uh, the accent, all of it together. But yeah, she's she's in love with him. And I remember I was following the team around, and team uh, and sorry, and Tim was like uh, right in front of me at one point. And I thought, oh shit, I'm gonna I'm gonna um I'm gonna FaceTime Laura at home. And, uh, you know, show that I'm walking behind Tim just to, you know, get her flustered or whatever. Anyway, so I did that. 
And as I did it, Laura, Laura sort of answers and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm there yelling. I'm like, yeah, we're champions, whatever. Tim turns around and I'm like, oh, Tim, mate. I said, can you say hello to my wife? And he literally grabbed my phone and screamed, champions, honestly, right down at my wife who's sitting there in leopard print pajamas. And she was, it was amazing. She was like, I looked at the phone after, she was bright red. It was the best. And it made, I think that was probably the highlight because it was just so good. And it was finishing off a season in such style. Uh, and it was exactly what we deserved with that season. And Mitrovic got what he deserved and everyone in that team. It felt like, I mean, did everyone score? Did anyone miss out? I can't remember now. Harrison Reed got a goal. No, he didn't. Who was no, it? he didn't last season. Harrison Reed didn't get the goal, did he? Yeah. So that was the Terry only one, thing yeah. we missed out on. Um, you know, otherwise everyone would have pretty much scored. You know, every um, anyway. But yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that as probably my highlight so far. But I'm hoping there'll be. I mean, Chelsea this season was. I almost cried oh, at full. Imagine. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, was, that was pretty epic. Absolutely. I mean, there's been plenty of games, and I think another one I can remember would probably be Brentford. Uh, at home was that was that a good one to to announce oh yeah i mean well again last minute winner of Brent- yeah, yeah. Oh my God, unbelievable especially didn't ivan tony at that game do mimic um mitrovic's celebration yeah he did yeah yeah i remember that yeah no that again an absolute joy and i actually again there's there's little things i do where i think it's only me that notices but i i deliberately when i announced the goal scorer i stood and faced the brentford fans to do it <laughs> um, that that like for me like i was too far away for any of them to probably notice but for me it felt really like therapeutic um yeah. you know especially and i say this quite a lot mitrovic has the best name to say on the mic there's a lot of players that don't that like that doesn't roll off as well the tongue whereas alexander mitrovic has enough kind of syllables and plosives to it that you can really give it some and it just it just sounds you can build it up right you can build it build it up from the start Mitrovic you know it's there's something about it it's got weight to it whereas certain players like when we had Matt Smith playing it didn't have the weight you know Fulham girls are Matt Smith it's just a really hard thing to do and even to this day like there's certain players where that's quite tough but luckily Mitrovic scores so many goals it's an absolute joy you know absolutely um Can you give us your best impression of announcing a Mitrovic goal? Oh, of course I can. Fulham goal scorer, <laughs> number nine, Alexander Mitrovic. And I always like, really push that Right at the end. I love it, mate. Honestly, he's the best. And he's such a nice guy. Like, he's such a nice guy. Like, he's the best, honestly. And he loves the club. It's such, it, honestly, it's such a great club. There's not one player that I've met for sure, like, that hasn't done the club justice. Like all of them, everyone that you want to be lovely is lovely. Like Tom Kearney is the Don. He's so sweet. He's so kind. He takes so much time for the fans. Cabano equally the best. Tim Ream, my God, what a gentleman. What a sweet guy. Um, Mitrovic equally just, just loves it. Absolutely loves it. And uh, Anthony Robinson, just such a nice guy. Bobby Decker, Reed, Christ almighty. He's like one of the sweetest guys you'll ever meet. Like all of them together. Like they're just the best, man. Honestly, it's it's a really lovely club. It's a really lovely team. Andreas Pereira. I mean, I've not met William yet <laughs> properly. Andres, Andreas Pereira. I've interviewed a few times. Again, loves it. So sweet. Just loves being a part of this club, and it's genuine. You can always tell. I think when a player's joined, who's kind of not quite committed, and there just aren't many of those at Fulham. I think that's testament I'm- to the manager, if I'm honest. 
Ivan, I wanted to ask you, um, obviously you've met Marco Silva, so I just wanted to ask you, is he as cool and as calm and collected off camera than he is on camera? Yeah, he's pretty, yeah, he is, yeah. He's, and he doesn't say much. Like he's, he's um, you know, he always says hello, shake your hand and, um, you know, but yeah, I bumped into him a couple of times at the training ground. He says hello shakes your hand but doesn't do doesn't say much else and even at the Luton game I had a couple of minutes with him on the mic on the big screens and he's so shy like he really is like you're the opposite of Boa you know who's who really <laughs> does all, you know he's got so much energy to him so I would say a part of it's down to being very cool because let's be honest he is very cool but a part of it I think is also I'm not sure he's a, a great fan of cameras and and but yeah i think he's getting better like i think he's warming to it a bit more and mm. but i think he's yeah he's also i don't know i think there's definitely a little bit of shyness there but he is quite cool and laid back so i'm kind of jury's out for me on whether he's cool or shy or just a bit of both it's <laughs> in the middle yeah perfect balance right <laughs> exactly yeah yeah humble maybe he's humble i mean that's it humble yeah it's a good way of putting it yeah, yeah. i also wanted to ask oh, i also wanted to ask um how it felt to announce Tom Kearney's goal against Cardiff last season after his long layoff. Because oh, obviously he's such a big part of the team and yeah. the club captain and every. I think, I mean, I was in the stand and the whole stadium just went mental. You know, to the relief of shouting his name again after scoring that type of goal as well. How did it feel? Oh, again, the, again, that's one of those moments that you just pray for. I remember when he came on. I, I had it, I even said, because I interviewed him just after. Uh, they did this little bit on Fulham TV and I got, again... When they said, you know, we got Tom Kearney for a chat, I'm thinking, perfect. But I remember I said to him, I'm like, I said, I'm not going to say anything off camera because I want it to be genuine on camera. And he was like, oh, OK. And he smiled as if he, he got it, like he got what I was saying. But then on camera, I was like, it was me and gentleman Jim doing the interview. And um, even Jim was just, it was almost like he was almost crying, talking about it. And he just says, I love you, man. I just love you so much. And it was just really like beautiful thing. And I said, when that happened, I was like, I a big moment for me was in like, announcing you the game before back on as a sub you know that's a, I I live for those big moments and I said to him that was one of them for me you know welcoming back Tom Kearney and the cheer it got and he said oh I love that and I said then for you to come on and score that goal against Cardiff and I said mate it, it, it was just incredible mate and it was an incredible goal you know it was was it pouring down with rain it felt like a scene yeah. from like, like mm-hmm. just a movie and uh, he even said, I cried. Yeah, I was crying. Like he was, he was, you know, and yeah, it, again, one of those moments. This is it. I forget. There's so many brilliant moments that I'm, I feel so lucky to have done, you know, and, and get to do. And that was definitely one of them. You know, I, I love it. I love welcoming back players that have been out with an injury for so long that we've really missed. And Tom Kearney's one of those players. Um, and cry, just on a, on a quick note, wow, this season, you know, he, he gets his job. And uh, man, does he do it well. We missed him against Nottingham Forest. There was a point at about, what, 65, 70 minutes where you're like, shit, we're under the cosh. This is where you bring on Kearney. And Kearney either slows the game down or he creates chances. And he knows what he has to do. And he does it so well. And I was like, man, you realise how much, how important he still is as a player to this club. And then sometimes you you will play a full game and you're like, yeah, man of the match, out, out of this world. Against Sunderland, you're like, wow, ridiculous. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I just, what a player. Love him. What a guy. Absolutely. I mean, he, he's certainly been a key player for us this season. I mean, I know we don't have long on this in this episode of the interview, but we're definitely, we'd love to have you back again to continue talking about all things Fulham, especially towards the end of the season, considering how yeah. 
considering yeah. how successful it's been um it'll be great to continue with it but just just to finally kind of wrap up what give us your thoughts ahead of the Brighton game uh what's your prediction and how how do you think Fulham are going to do it's gonna it's gonna be tough it's gonna be really tough um, I will keep this quick because, you know, I don't want to, I don't want I've been talking, uh, yabbiting so long, but I think that it's going to be, you know, my heart says we'll win, but my head says it'll be a draw, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, my, my head also says the chances of me getting to watch it are very low as I've got, a <laughs> my wife is going to give birth during the game. But, um, but yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to say a draw and I just hope that I don't miss it. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Many congratulations. What, guys? what are you thinking? Oh, <clears throat> on the spot here. Um, yeah. Go first. I'll go first. Yeah, why not? Um, well, we heard in the press conference earlier that everyone's fit, barring obviously C- Cabano. Um, so knowing that William's probably going to play, I'm going to say we're going to win the game 2-1. Oh, man, that would be incredible. I got, I got the Forest results spot on as well. So. No yeah. I'm going to go for a 1-0 victory, I think, to Fulham. Okay, so you're both going victories. I'm being cynical and going for a draw. All right, we'll see what happens, man. Wonderful. And congratulations <laughs> to your wife whenever um, she gives birth as well. Yeah, absolutely. When is this pod going out? You never know. I might I might, um, yeah, have two kids by then. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, of course, we don't have too long, but it's been brilliant chatting to you uh, this evening, Ivan. And don't be a stranger to the podcast. Always no, yeah, just let me know, mate. I'll come back on towards the end of the season. That'd be great. Absolutely. And yeah, thanks for chatting to us. And mm. thanks, for, thanks for chatting as well, Tom. No worries, mate. Come on, you whites. Yeah, come on, you whites. Yeah, come on, you whites. Cheers, guys. <laughs>